You are listening to the Swim Not Sink Leadership Podcast, the show for first-time leaders, for that moment in your career when the buck stops with you. This is your window into the world of how to lead successfully. Now, over to your host, James Nagel. Hi, and welcome to a new episode of the Swim Not Sink Leadership Podcast, the show for first-time leaders. I'm your host, James Nagel, and my guest today is Jose Luis Pulpon. Jose is the sales director at Google Spain. He is the trusted advisor for companies who really want to transform their business and get the most out of the web. Indeed, revitalization via digitization is a priority for Spain and indeed all of Europe. He is a computer engineer by training with an MBA who has worked in three different countries, France, Spain, and Ireland. Prior to Google, he worked at Hewlett-Packard and Altran. But what makes Jose a bit different and perhaps gives him an edge is that on top of the day job, he has taken the time to qualify as an executive coach, a five-year journey. So it's my pleasure to introduce Jose Luis. Hi, Jose. Hi, James. How are you? Very good. So just for the benefit of the audience, we met socially when you were working for Google in Ireland. And really the connection between us started when I found out that you were coaching and then you found out that I was coaching. So <laughs> here, here we are. So let's maybe take you back to the start of your time at Google 12 years ago. How was the adaptation to, uh, to the company? It was funny. Uh, to be honest with you, uh, 10 days right after I started to work for Google, I, I told my wife, you know, I don't know what the hell I'm doing here. I don't know anything about digital marketing. I don't know anything about AdWords. I don't know anything about YouTube. And they speak a completely different language because it's when you change, uh, no matter if both were American multinational companies, there's a big change. So it was kind of weird to be totally honest with you because it's uh, the same feeling that when you go to another country and you don't speak the language, that was my feeling at that time. But um, now, 12, year, 12 years later, um, every day, I don't regret at all of doing that change at that time, even without knowing any word of digital marketing. How easy did Google make it? So what efforts do they make? Because they know it's a different language for people coming in. Um, first of all, it's all about people. And in this case, I felt like everyone at Google wanted to help me. Uh, if I had any simple or silly question, I found people there always ready to help me. So that was the, uh, the big positive surprise, that the quality of the people is just amazing. And not just because they are clever, as well, but because people, they really want to help you. And that really helps you uh, accelerate the learning curve and also the way you feel at the company, which is really, really good. So that was, uh, I would say, among all the things that the company can do, it's about how people really love to help you or to help any Noogler, which is the concept of new Google employee, Noogler. So that, that sounds great. 
I'm sure there must have been some tough times. You know, what were, what were the challenges you faced in that uh, transition in Google? One of the first challenges that I, I addressed uh, at the very beginning it was that I was one of the seniors uh, in the Madrid office. And, and I used to go with people younger than me, junior, but they knew much more than me, you know, related to digital marketing. So that was something that really, that was the, uh, the first challenge, you know, how can you catch up quickly in terms of the uh, business on how the product works uh, in order to be able to go with your teams and go in front of a customer and being really well perceived. And by well perceived, I mean, that you have the minimum technical knowledge in order to be able to handle uh, a conversation. So that was the um, that was the first one, you know. Then the second one is, uh, and it was when I became people manager, because being being a, a manager at Google, it's critical. It's all it's all about people, but um, that was another that was another challenge because I became the manager of my peers. But there is always uh, great learnings from from that situation and that period. Then I'd like to maybe move on to the actual transition you made, which was to qualify as a coach. Increasingly, I'm coming across people who, like yourself, are in the role and so have a, full, a full-time day job and yet are taking that time to qualify. So just tell us a little bit about how you got involved in coaching for the first time. Was it out of curiosity? Was it out of need? Was it uh, a top-down? What, what, what was it? It was at Google, and it was in my first uh, three months in Ireland, in the Dublin hub. It was quite funny because at the time, all the senior people, uh, we used to, uh, to go with the EMEA vice president person at the time, Finula Mihan, and she was really uh, full all-in into the coaching um, into the coaching practice and, and in the coaching mindset. So the first session was me together with the senior leadership of, uh, of the Dublin Hub with an external professional coach. And, uh, and I say, wow, my, my first, uh, it was 2015, and that was my first session, four hours of coaching practice. And that was my, my first real uh, time experience on on coaching, and uh, I felt quite uncomfortable, to be honest with you, because I said to myself, "Wow, this is quite different." Uh, I don't get it, but uh, I I found that mm, magic in the atmosphere that I said to myself, "I don't know anything about this." But I find it very, very powerful. I think it was probably a mixture between the external coach. It was also seeing our vice president, Finula, showing vulnerability to everyone in front of all the senior leaders uh, with no fear about uh, learning, asking uh, uncomfortable questions and, and really answering in a very humble way. So that was my first experience and my, uh, the, the very beginning of my coaching journey. It's interesting that that's already two times you've said 
you went into a role and you didn't know anything about it and yet you kept going so that's <laughs> that's maybe a good uh, indication of your of your of your of your style so after developing as a coach you then moved back to the madrid office and i think that's a really interesting contrast when you met your team back in madrid uh, apart from all the bad habits you picked up in ireland how did they how did they see you differently as a leader the first thing that they they could appreciate it was that i I had made a big change from a directive leader to a, a coaching leader. I'm more in a conversational uh, management style, asking much more questions, deeper questions, and also always from the point to try to help them rather than to solve the, the problem, which, which, is, which is key if you really want to help others grow. What you've said about it, it makes you more reflective and maybe it's all about asking questions and you know, getting, getting, the, getting people to think of the answer for themselves is, is really critical. Now, if I was listening to you and I didn't know anything about coaching, my question would be, does it make you better commercially? So in your, in your day job, in, as commercial director in Spain, are you better commercially because you've uh, done the coaching qualification? Um, I think these questions you should ask to my customers and to my clients rather than asking to me. But to be honest with you, when, when I sit uh, down in front of a customer, what I try to do now that I didn't do in the same way before is to really deep listening and also uh, speak less, ask more, you know? Uh, I still remember myself at the very beginning uh, in the year 2000 when I was uh, a sales account manager at, at Hewlett Packard. I All my energy was into the, uh, okay, I need to do my pitch. And if the client doesn't listen, I go, I do my pitch, I present my slides and that's it while right now is, okay, what's your biggest challenge? Uh, what's your biggest opportunity? And uh, I really focus on, on first listening and understand really deeply the client, paying full attention and everything, which is quite linked to the, uh, the good coaching skills, and not to be in a hurry, and sometimes think twice before asking a question. The simpler, the better, but really ask powerful, powerful questions so that you can really understand in order to be able right after to, to help the client. But I, I would say uh, deep listening and asking good questions have been two skills that have helped me much more to gain uh, empathy and trust with clients. So then I would maybe just repeat the question. Does it, does it make you better commercially? I, uh, for sure, yes. Yes. But when, when, when you're a client and you feel that someone is really listening to you, the level of trust immediately goes up, which is why I think I'm 
uh, I am gaining uh, that connection, which is improving because I have that capacity of really understand much better. So I have developed a, a better uh, hearing capacity. Uh, and by, by doing that, you immediately gain trust, empathy, and connections. And, and with those three things, uh, you become a, a, better, uh, a better salesperson. Absolutely. So if we take that, you know, to be good, you have to have trust, empathy, and connection. When you're looking at your own team now, Jose, and how you develop them, and there's many, many things available in terms of how to develop people, what are the, um, what are the supports you put in place for them? If I think um, what can be my legato to them, and if we project ourselves uh, five years from now, what I would love to hear from them is, you know, working with Jose, I could grow faster as a professional, also gain and learn much more in terms of self-awareness about how they are, and also challenge them more, but also at the same time as well, if, if they are going to uh, get into or to fall into a problem, just hold them back and take care of them. You're a nice boss to have. I would say, you know, you're busy, so you've got a team to develop. You've got different options, so you can develop them yourself. You can use internal Google supports, and you can also send them off to, you know, external courses and different things. What's, what's your preferred balance? You need to have time to talk about business. You need to have time to discuss about certain problems and issues and time to develop um, to develop your, your team. So what, what I do is with my, with my direct reports, I invest much more than what I do with the rest of the team. If there are moments that you feel that you, it requires go deeper, I try to park that conversation and try to find quality time to go deep in and to coach on that aspect. But in general, the, uh, the right balance for me is to, okay, we work for Google, so we need to work for the business. That's one third. Second, and not less important, is, okay, what issues do we have with the clients, what opportunities, and then have a more kind of uh, mental conversation. And the third one is, um, it's all about people because sometimes tiny little things can, can be a problem and unlocking uh, those opportunities, you can really accelerate those three things, business, uh, customer opportunities, and also your team. And maybe looking broader for a second, Google as a company, in terms of culture and in terms of developing people, how much do they rely on internal support like for example when i used to be in procter and gamble it was all internal and how much do they look externally for stimulation what google tries to do is to get fresh air external talent balanced with internal talent as well so as you know the the whole concept of my of my practice is uh, swim not sink and looking at that first transition stage in someone's career so if if you're looking at somebody who's listening today, uh, maybe 30, starting out in a career, 
What are the what are what's the advice that you would give them that maybe you didn't have yourself at when you were thirty? That's a that's a really good question. First of all, I I would have loved to start my coaching journey as early as possible. Now that I have all the experience and and the knowledge, and I'm quite self aware about uh, my my whole situation. So if uh, if you're ambitious which is something that sometimes is bad perceived, but the good ambition is great, professionally speaking. So if you're ambitious, the best way on how you can accelerate your career is uh, counting on someone else in order to help you. And sometimes your manager will be able to help you, but uh, a coach is quite complementary. Why? because you will be able to share with your, co- with your coach certain things that you won't be able to do it with your manager. So that's first. Second, they will, uh, a coach will help you not with the problem, but to accelerate your uh, professional career and your, the skills that you need to, to move to the next level, which not all the managers that you may have will have those skills to equip you with the, with the, the necessary skills to, to do that, that quantum leap. And, and third, because the, the earlier that you know better yourself, the better. Because the, uh, the, uh, the importance of the self-awareness plus the emotional intelligence that probably at the very beginning is not so important that later in your career is is critical to to grow and to grow faster for sure so i would strongly recommend to start uh, as early as possible to have a, an external support in terms of coaching so you're a real advocate for it you've done it you believe in it when you think of your own journey, when in your career would it have helped you most? Probably before, just right before moving to Google, because I was I was working at Hewlett Packard, and at that moment in time, my my boss was fired, and uh, and then that opportunity came up, and uh, and probably I will, It was a little bit too early for me, to be totally honest with you. But in that moment, I didn't manage properly that situation in order to apply for the role, in order to do a good interview process, and in order to really handle that situation with uh, seniority. So that moment in time, that would have been critical for me to have that kind of support. Not just because on, on how to be ready and prepare for that situation, but also on how to manage my emotions, my energy, and really best work-life balance. You know, I became very emotional, angry, and anxious. I, I would have loved to have one, one, one coach. It would have been critical for me in order to handle that situation in a much, way much better way. So if I can ask a very personal question, when was the last time you became emotional and anxious in your, in your job? 
probably in Ireland, I applied for a role that I didn't get. And I didn't get it. Um, and, uh, and to be honest with you, I, I became emotional because I, I really loved that role. It was a role to manage a region at Google, and it was a, a much bigger challenge managing different countries. And, uh, and I became emotional because, because I didn't get the, the real and honest feedback about why not me and someone else. I am very happy right now that I didn't get the job because because of that, I went much deeper into the coaching practice. I understand much better the triggers of those emotions. And uh, I understood months later why I didn't get that role, which by the way, uh, now I'm much happier because that was not going to be the, the role of my life. But it's just now that I have been able to, to learn the why. So it takes time, but that was probably three years ago. No, first of all, thanks for sharing it, because I was dreading that you were going to say you haven't felt anxious for 12 years, right? Which <laughs> would not be credible. So I appreciate the honesty and also that, yeah, it takes time to introspect a little bit, the process and then to draw the proper conclusions. So, Jose, as we, as we come to the end of the conversation today, what next for you? I've changed my mind. I was very, very ambitious, uh, but just focusing on the, on the end goal. I am still ambitious, but I'm focusing more on learning and enjoying by learning and be more mindful about the things that I do on every single day. Uh, and it's not just at work on the things that I do, but it's also with my, with my family and with the kids. Quality time, be more focused rather than going too fast. I probably have done a step back and realized that life is uh, is not so short sometimes and there is time to really enjoy more on a daily basis rather than just to be focused on the, on the end goal. Excellent. So, Jose, thank you, especially because you've taken time out of your holiday in beautiful Huelva uh, to speak with me today. Thank you. It's been a pleasure and for sure we'll keep in touch. Thanks, James. Gracias. You've been listening to the Swim Not Sink Leadership Podcast. Subscribe at swimnotsink.com forward slash podcast.